Hello and welcome to the Horns Up Half Hour, Cedar Hill ISD's podcast about scholars, staff, and community. Our guests will be individuals from the district and the community. This podcast is for anyone interested in expanding their knowledge of all things CHISD. Uh, welcome to the Horns Up Half Hour podcast. We have a couple of very special guests here on the podcast this afternoon. This is uh, Board Appreciation Month. So we have Cedar Hill ISD Board President Cheryl Wesley and Board Vice President Robert Riggs. We're going to talk about Board Appreciation Month, what it means to them, and some of the other things that uh, the Board is currently working on. So without further ado, uh, welcome President Wesley and Vice President Riggs. Thank you. It's good to be here with you, Michael. It's great to be with you. Yeah, well, we appreciate you taking uh, time out of your schedule on a Wednesday afternoon to to chat. So um, the first thing I want to ask is with January being Board Appreciation Month, what does that mean to each of you? It's, it's an amazing honor. We do our work not to be appreciated, but to try to do some things, put some things in place for our scholars and our, our staff. So for them to take the time to send us cards and greetings and candy uh, and just to think about us really makes our life even better. It makes it worthwhile what we're doing. But we're appreciative. Yeah, it, it is an interesting time. I, I don't think uh, Ms. Wesley or I, either of us, joined on the board to do anything other than serve and to look after students and staff and uh, encourage teachers and then to have this kind of comes and surprises you and uh, to have artwork from elementary school kids. My kids are well older than that and it's just fun to have that back on the refrigerator again and to be reminded of um, what the overall plan is and just how we can help out students in the district. Okay, and I know we talked before we went on air, uh, both of you were involved in education. I know President Wesley was um, an administrator here in Cedar Hill ISD and um, Vice President Riggs, I know that you work um, for a uh, private educational uh, institution and um, so how is that, you know, having that background in education, how has that helped you all on the board? So um, for me, I learned to appreciate even the more what our staff are doing. Um, I was, had, I did have an opportunity to serve in the classroom as well as to be administrator of different departments in the district. And I know the work that goes into what we're doing. Typically, the community gets to see the finished project but they don't see the long hours of planning and then implementation and editing and redirecting some things to see the big picture. So because of that, um, I get to see a different perspective as well as a board member, but holistically, I know that our staff and our scholars and our administrators work so hard to ensure that our students are getting the very best that's out there. So it helps, it helps to know that we have professionals at the helm doing the work, and we, we love it. Sure. You know, some of the items that I've been around for 20 years in higher education are very similar. You know, the technology that it takes to run a classroom, the, uh, the faculty support, the HR, the just the infrastructure to keep systems and processes moving and forward, uh, those are all consistent. Um, the scholars are very different. The tuition that um, we charge for hourly or for folks to attend classes here at the seminary is very different, obviously, than 
with education, but um, there's so many similarities. It really has been a great uh, way to challenge me uh, to develop uh, areas that I need here at work, but also that I think I can contribute to the school district and, and help out with those things. So I think it's been great to, to, to develop uh, and grow the seminary as well as the, uh, the school district. Okay, so you were both elected um, to the board back in 2015, which doesn't seem like that long ago, but kids who had started high school then are now about halfway into college. So um, how did you all decide to um, serve on the CHISD board? My, mine actually started out, um, my oldest son at the time was going into a seventh grade math class, and uh, the interactions that I had with the teacher didn't go as well as I'd hoped. And as I met and met with the principal, it, that also didn't go as well. And so I kind of just continued to connect and ask questions of how to, uh, how to do the best for all the students in that class. And it eventually led me to come and sit before the school board. And that was the first time I'd ever done something like that and really advocate on behalf of the 39 kids that were in that math class. And that put it in my mind that that, that was really a great way to go about and help kids uh, more than just my own children, but beyond. And uh, so a few years later, when someone asked me would I consider, would it, would it be something, that's when I realized that that would be a great way for me to contribute. And so for me, Michael, um, I, because I was in the district, and my boys were in the district, I thought about it um, because I wanted to continue my service. But what really motivated me at the time was that I had nieces and nephews who attended Allen ISD. They had been raised there. And I saw the quality of education that they had, and I saw the equipment that they had access to, and our students didn't have it. So I wanted to come aboard and really encourage our staff and what they were doing, but to push them a little bit. And then just to remind our people that our kids are just as bright and just as des uh, deserving of those types of equipment and those types of curriculum that they had in Allen. So I came back, this is my home, the Lord turned my heart back to Cedar Hill um, to serve. And by being elected to the board, I was able to do that. Okay, so did you all um, both grow up in the Cedar Hill area? I grew up in Oak Cliff. Okay. I, and I attended Lake Highlands High School and uh, moved to Cedar Hill area and DeSoto, Duncanville, that area about 30 years ago. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, I've been in Cedar Hill for about 35 years. Awesome. Yeah. So you were both involved in the hiring of um, Superintendent Dr. Gerald Hudson back in uh, 2019. So what, was, what was that like and what's it been like working with him uh, since that point? The amazing thing for both Robin and I, because we came on together, is that after we became president and vice president, our first... Um, duty, our first responsibility was lead the team in secu securing a superintendent. So um, we did all of our due diligence and Robert, myself, and another trustee actually went to Jasper to talk to the community there about the work that Dr. Hudson had been doing. And to our delight, the things that we thought, the things that we had read uh, were confirmed face-to-face -face with community members, with uh, higher education persons, with staff, with students, 
and it was a really positive experience for us, Robert Brett. Right. Uh, so much so that the board voted unanimously to hire him as our superintendent. Yeah, probably the top responsibility of any board is to select an executive leader uh, that you can depend on, that you can trust, um, that has seasoning, that has been through situations before, and is able to work through difficult times. And most of those times you don't know what's coming, and certainly none of us knew what we're facing right now as a school district uh, with pandemic and with other issues. But to have someone like Dr. Hudson, who is steady, um, who is solid and has background and experience, and also has contacts uh, throughout, not just our district, but throughout all of the North Texas area. And that's really benefited our students, and, and that's been great to see through this process. Okay, so a few short years ago, um, you know, you guys were newcomers to the board, but now you're both, um, you know, have the most seniority out of anyone on the board. What is that like kind of working with um, newer trustees who are coming in and maybe kind of just learning some of the uh, things that go into becoming a trustee? It, it's amazing, right, that we're the, we're the old heads <laughs> with six years of service. Um, we've seen all kinds of transitions, and then to see the three new trustees, it's been a really good experience. Right because we've had some relationship with them. I've had a relationship with two of them prior to them being on the board. Um, the good thing is that they, like us, want what's best for our scholars. That's always the foundation. And they're willing to work hard uh, with the team to get the work done. So it's been beneficial. It's, it's been a pleasant experience. I, and I must admit that initially I was really uh, a little apprehensive because we've never had three new board members at the same time since we've been on board. We usually rotate off every year or two. Um, someone may rotate off. But to have three trustees leave for various reasons and three new trustees come on board initially was very challenging. But again, these, these three have come on board, have taken up the mantle, and they're working really hard to make sure that our scholars are being benefited. Yeah, I, I echo that. They, they really have jumped in, uh, are working very hard to learn and to set the, kind of create the, the foundation of understanding of how the school district works and finances and uh, the, the responsibilities of what lie squarely in the responsibilities of the board member and what are those items that we have to trust Dr. Hudson for and then hold them accountable. Um, so they have done an outstanding job of kind of connecting, understanding the past, decisions that were made, uh, kind of looking forward. And each of them has a strength mm -hmm. uh, that they bring to the table. And we've seen this with board members that have now rolled off the board and have been replaced. Um, it's amazing how God has used the, the strengths of those individuals to really create a team uh, that I think does a great job to lead Cedar Hill moving forward. So a lot of the, um, you know, the public out there, whether it's here in Cedar Hill or in other communities, you know, they, they're obviously well aware of um, school board members, but they may not be aware of the responsibilities of, say, a president, a vice president, and a secretary that those 
officers hold. What can you tell us about, you know, the responsibilities of, of those positions on the board? Well, the roles are, are, are the same across the district, across the state. Um, the, board, the role of the board is to just provide oversight of the district. We don't get into the weeds. We don't get into the day-to-day -day responsibilities uh, or the administration or the implementation of anything. That's the role of the superintendent. And that's why Robert said earlier how important it is to hire a superintendent who's knowledgeable, who's sure. solid, who, who knows what he's doing. So we have to trust him to do what uh, needs to be done for our, our scholars and our, our staff members. The role of the board, yes, is to provide oversight, is to hire the superintendents, to set the tax rate, is to ensure fiscal responsibility, right? We want to make sure that if anybody looks within Cedar Hill, everything is done uh, in de decently and in order. Everything um, can be tracked. So our role uh, as leaders of the board is to ensure that our board members know the board operating procedures, they know what's expected of them, and ultimately, we're to be role models, right? We're to be modeling what teamwork looks like. And we just ensure that everyone is getting all of their um, their credit hours, if you will. They're learning everything that they need to learn. We have so many courses that we have to take to be board members and to remain in that state. Of course, um, yeah. The responsibility of the board is to set vision and direction for the, the district. And then to make sure that the processes and systems are built uh, through the administration level to carry those out. And, and I think in, and I know a lot of our uh, time where we've been doing training and Lone Star governance development, uh, you would see part of what sets us apart, I believe, as a school district, and that is that we, we firmly established what our mission and vision are. And then we're driving that mission and vision of really, un and, and and one is my favorite, and that's unleashing every Longhorn's potential. You know, we we wanted to look not at groups of students, uh, not in categories, not in those that are part of the collegiate pathway or those that are part of the uh, comprehensive high school direction, but really looking at each individual student and developing the, the systems in place that needed that are needed create an environment that allows that student to flourish. That's the vision we've set. And then uh, um, President Wesley and I are working with the board and the board is working as a, as a group to make sure that that direction, it comes through uh, all of the accountability structures in place in the administration and leadership. Once we understand that unleashing that potential is really academic achieving, making sure we set in place um, a framework that allows students to excel academically. We talked about the bit, um, Robert talked about the vision. We also have the motto of empowering, educating, and inspiring every student to do their very best so that they can go out and be successful. For us as a board, we are very intentional about supporting our superintendent to ensure that he has what he needs for our scholars to be successful. You know, we, we work as a team of eight. Uh, if we have questions, we ask those questions and again, we hold him accountable. But we also ensure that he has what he needs so that our kids can come out on top, so they, they can be graduates with all of those, um, those steps that we have for them. So they could be graduates and they could be successful. And we don't have to worry about them going forward. 
Are there any specific responsibilities that a president and a vice president have on a, on a board? Typical president stuff, you know, making sure that you, you take care of the meeting and you um, just oversee that whole process, making sure that we're timely, making sure, well, sometimes we're not so timely, but just, <laughs> just making sure that we set the agenda with the superintendent and his team, we follow that agenda. Vice President's accent in, in my state if I'm not there for some reason or another. But again, we're mentors to our uh, other trustees. Yeah. It's the same across the board. President, Vice President, same responsibilities. Okay. Yeah, I, I also want to enter in. Part of um, Trustee Wesley is also, you know, as a, um, a face for, this, for the school district. So she has seen, I know Dr. Hudson is our key figure. He's the person that we want to, to be up front. Um, and that's sometimes our job is to redirect attention that might come to the board and make sure that it's placed on him and, and understood that he is the one running the district. We are holding him accountable. Uh, we're going to provide him with the tools that he needs to do his job, but really that's him. And I think sometimes it's just us serving the district well instead of putting ourselves in a position where others are serving us. That, that's not our desire. That's not uh, President Wesley's desire anymore. Okay. Um, so I know being part of a board is a lot of work, and um, there's obviously a lot of challenges that present themselves, but it has to be even more so now during a pandemic where, you know, at times it had um, forced the meetings to go virtual and social distancing and so forth. So. What can you what can you all say about you know the challenges of serving as a trustee during a, a pandemic such as the one that we're in? Well, I'll start off, and I hate COVID, and I hate every part of it. Um, it is frustrating to have to do virtual meetings and not be able to be face to face with people um, to to deal with trying to understand and make sure that you understand what's being said across a virtual platform is hard, and then. But the worst of all, I think, is not to be able to see the kids. Um, what we call our scholars, when they have achieved incredible work, and you just want to encourage them, you want to tell their parents, their teachers, their principals, how proud you are of them, uh, how much they're overcoming, and hard work they're putting in, and it doesn't feel good now, but eventually it's going to pay off in a great way. And not to be able to just eye-to-eye -eye see them, it's incredibly frustrating in that regard. So I can't wait for this to be done. Another aspect of that is not being able to really physically let our teachers know how much we appreciate their hard work. If we could give them money and give them gifts and give them, we would do it because they have worked so diligently on behalf of our scholars. So. For us, for me especially, well, for all of us, the challenge is not being able to tell the teachers and our staff how much we appreciate them. You know, this is Board Appreciate Appreciation Month, but we appreciate our team who are there on the front lines every single day being creative in their lesson planning and implementation. They're talking to and teaching students traditionally there in the classroom as well as students who have been um, there virtually. So they have to be very creative, very um, flexible in what they're doing, what they're presenting. And we appreciate that so very much. 
and there's just no way we can tell them that or show them that in this in this environment. We can't go to the campuses and right. um, in the past as regularly as we'd like to. So that's been a challenge for us, just to be able to communicate to our staff that we see the work that they're doing and we honor them for everything that they're doing for our kids. So I guess the one thing that's, um, that it seems like as we're here in early 2021 is that we are maybe starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel with, with uh, regards to COVID. So as we look at that, what do you think the next year or five years uh, holds for CHISD? I think there will be, we have, we're getting systems in place. So that's exciting for us. Uh, systems, the accountability, um, the release of hopefully some funds, funds from uh, the Texas um, Department of Education. Um, I just think that we're in a good place that we're really going in the right direction for our scholars. We know it's still be um, a little tight, if you will, uh, with the testing. There's still some concerns there, but I think the future is bright. We, we have systems, we have long-term governments, we have the teamwork, we have the staff that are in place administratively providing the support to the uh, staff on the campuses. So I see us doing better and better every area, whether it's uh, our business office, who's being led right now by a phenomenal uh, young man, who we love that I called him a young man, Stiffo mm-hmm. uh, Prado, <laughs> to uh, our new, um, deputy who's here, well, chief of staff who's here, the executive uh, directors who are here who are working really hard, bringing in new ideas and enhancing what we already have. So going forward, I think the future is very bright for City Hill. We have good scholars and smart scholars, and I think at some point you will really be able to see that, and we'll be able to bring other scholars back to the district. Yeah, I, I agree with everything Trustee Wesley said, and, and you know, I think for my hope and, and my dream for Cedar Hill would be somewhat of a steady progress um, and continuing the advancement that we saw. You know, we a couple of years ago we were a C-rated district academically. Uh, then the previous year we moved up to a B. Um, then we brought in uh, Dr. Hudson, and, and I, as I look, it seems to take probably about a year for him to for a new superintendent to put in place the infrastructure and the people and uh, develop those systems. So he's now done that. And without COVID, I think we would see that steady improvement all the way through. We'll have to determine um, where we are academically as the testing can start up and we can get a, a clear understanding. But then knowing we do have quality people and, and great teachers uh, we'll be able to quickly close any gaps that have developed uh, where, from where we are to where we want to be. And then I think over the next several years, you'll just see solid, dependable, steady growth, sustainable growth uh, and improvements. And, and I think that's why people should be excited about our school district. Okay, great. So um, there is something called trustee connections where uh, people in the community can kind of tune in and um, hear what you have to say about different, um, you know, matters and different issues that are uh, coming up. And there's uh, digital parent universities as well, um, virtual trustee workshops and meetings. What can, what can you all say about those um, items? 
one of the things we've been talking about as a board is to get out getting out to our community on a regular basis that being quarterly and sharing information and then COVID hit but because of our incredible communications team you kind of let us know we could still do it but just do it virtually so trustee ribs and i did the first trustee connection um couple of months ago we talked about postal governance and what that looked like and what it actually was we talked about the different pillars of the governance and then i believe last week or two weeks ago trustee gail sims trustee ramon ross bacon and i talked about policy and how policy um is implemented and how it started and how we change it why we change policy or why we update the policy so the next couple of months we'll do another trustee connection and there will be other trustees um, that will be presenting. When we talk about audit and finances, you'll see trustee rigs for sure. Um, and then we'll talk about other things that are going on in the district. So it's our way of con connecting with the community, particularly during the season when we can't all be together in one space at the same time. Uh, I, I too wanna just um, kind of share accolades with our communications department and all the work that they're doing. I think our website for CHISD is excellent, and you'll be able to see if you're interested in Lone Star Governance and what that means. You can see that on our website under the school board and how that works. But just tracking and seeing uh, individual stories of the students that have done incredible things, uh, how they're featured in different aspects of publications we put out. Uh, those are the things I, I want to hear about students and how they're achieving, how our teachers are overcoming and uh, just watching them do what they do you know, day in and day out uh, through all the obstacles they've had to face. So I think that's some of my favorite when I, when I see that. Um, the rest of those are great tools and, and making sure that the parents understand the systems and technology uh, that we have thrown out and not thrown out unprepared, but we just had to push technology a lot faster uh, than we would have planned to. And um, it's, it's been a great resource for us and it's allowed us to make the progress we have but we look forward to being back in person. So we have so many channels as, as the trustees just um, spoke about to um, learn about what's going on in the district from a board perspective and between the digital parent universities and trustee connection. So um, there's no excuse not to, the information's out there, um, you know, so but with that said, we have one more thing that we're going to be adding as part of this podcast. We're going to have each month, we're going to have a Horns Up Half Hour podcast dedicated to uh, talking about board meeting discussions and actions. Kind of after the meeting happens, we're going to have different trustees come onto the podcast and talk about, um, you know, what a certain decision or action will mean for the uh, scholars, staff, and community. So we look forward to um, doing that uh, with both of you and as well as your fellow trustees on this podcast. Wonderful. We look forward to that. That's great. Yeah, well, thank you both so much for coming on to the Horns Up Half Hour podcast. And um, we look forward, we hope you enjoy the rest of uh, Board Appreciation Month. Thank you so much, Michael, again for the invitation. Thank you, Michael. It's been great to be with you and also with you, Jesse Russell.